The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And as those of you who have listened to this show for many years know, Thinking Bigger has an annual awards program called 25 Under 25. And what we do is honor 25 companies every year that have fewer than 25 employees. And nationally, 86% of all companies have 19 or fewer employees. So this is a huge segment of the business community, but there's very few awards exclusive to that community. So we started this 14 years ago, and over the next several weeks, you'll be getting to know some of the 2015 25 Under 25 award winners. The first one who's going to uh, break, start this off, break the ice, whatever you want to call it, is Clifton Alexander. He's the founder of Reactor Design Studio. He's appeared on national television. He's been featured in many, many publications, and he's guided his studio to more than 100 design awards. He speaks regularly to companies and industry groups on topics ranging from branding to creativity to workplace culture. So, Clifton, welcome to the show, and Thank congratulations you. on winning the 25 Under 25. Thank you. I'm very excited. This is a, a huge honor for us, and kind of like you said with that stat of, of – uh, just the number of small businesses in this country, it's incredible to us um, to be in a, an elite group in Kansas City of the 25 under. So you've been doing it a number of years. There's still a pretty yes. small number, even if you count 25 times right. every year. 14, you know, 14, exactly. It's 300 and yeah. some companies. Yeah. And so there's, I think there's 66,000 small businesses in Kansas City. Yeah, so, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was funny. Just a real quick little funny story. Right after we started this, we've maybe been into it a couple of years, and someone came up to me and they go, well, you've had a couple of these. you really think there's enough businesses to keep it going? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, not all of them that are in existence are going to be award winners, but there's certainly enough to keep it going for a while. So uh, you are the founder of Reactor Design Studio. What does Reactor Design Studio do? So we are a – the way we describe ourselves is is a full-service creative firm. What, what does that mean, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> it, this town is an incredible creative town, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we like to say is that we don't want to be just another full-service creative company in this town. And so the way we think a little bit differently about that is we try to – um, come from the mindset of saying that our company is one that wants to inspire the community, inspire our employees and our clients to think differently about design and about creativity and about what all that means. Um, one of the ways we do that is through a concept, or as, which is essentially our mantra, which is being epic. I even have it written on my shoes, literally. <laughs> um, be epic. It's our tagline. It's our mantra. We're trying to get companies to be more epic and epic is actually an acronym that we created called that stands for engaging people in conversation. Mm. We really come from the standpoint that 
in this world that we live in today, you cannot run a business without engaging people in conversation, your clients, your employees, your community, your neighborhood, whatever it is around you. And so that's really our mantra is we're trying to inspire that higher level of creativity in the community um, by being epic and engaging mm-hmm, people, engaging mm-hmm. our clients, and allowing them to do the same thing. Yeah, and what what a what a novel concept in this day and age. There are a lot of agencies, and I work with some of them. There are a lot of agencies who put so much emphasis on the technology, and sometimes I forget. I think that people forget that technology is a tool. It's mm-hmm. not a replacement for that dialogue, for the conversation, for the storytelling. So, mm-hmm. uh, as you say, people, it's kind of coming full circle. People are craving that personal yeah. touch these days. Yeah. You have to have the personal touch. Um, And it kind of goes back to one of our core business uh, models where we really believe in, we believe in all the technology Mm -hmm, things. Of course. But we also place a very high emphasis on uh, physical touch with the objects that we create, creating Mm -hmm. physical marketing materials for clients and making them really nice and um, engaging and uh, interactive, Mm -hmm. right? And those are things that people just crave as humans. It's in our nature. When you say physical, are you talking about uh, the traditional print collateral or are you talking about objects uh, that you've created to serve marketing purposes? It kind of depends. It's both, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it is, is printed marketing materials, but we're always looking at um, processes that are that are unique and different, materials, textures, and other ways that you can engage the senses when you're dealing with that stuff. But then we also do a lot of marketing programs where we're we're either creating or we're uh, including physical objects into a package where we're trying to um, get something into the hands of a very important person who may have a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways to do that is to get through those gatekeepers via physical objects, via things where when you make that follow-up phone call, you can say, hey, did you receive that? Whatever it is, you know, and we're working with several clients right now on just that concept of trying to get past the gatekeeper or something very physical. Mm -hmm. Well, some of them are very memorable. And again, just a little aside, uh, one of them that I remember very well having received was about this time of the year, very cold, and I'm sitting at the bank drive through after picking the mail up at the post office. So I have my heater blowing full blast and have a coat, scarf, everything on. And I see this tube and I'm thinking, hmm, because of course it's mm-hmm. not flat like all the rest mm-hmm. of them. I see this tube and I think, okay, well, while I'm sitting here waiting, I'm going to pop that thing open. I popped it open. It was full of confetti and streamers that, <laughs> and a little invitation rolled up inside. Well, of course, I it's static electricity like it is today and the heater's blowing. That stuff just <laughs> blew on. I, I Made spent an the rest. Yeah, I spent the rest of the day picking that off. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful bit. how how you're delivering the object. Yes, you, you have to toe that line of not being annoying to the yeah. people you're trying to get in front of. Right. Yeah, exactly. So with the advent of the 3D computer, how's that going to impact some of the things that you do or other agencies do? I think it's Marketers. pretty incredible, honestly. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't um, touched on it too much, but I, just just the ability and the idea of being able to create anything that you want instantaneously right. is absolutely incredible yeah. to me. In, in very small quantities. In very you only small wanted quantities. to send it to three people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so um, we've talked about it a little bit in our studio. We haven't really gone that way yet because there's still a, you know, yes, you can create an object one at a time just by plugging it in, but you still have to 
have the ability to design that object right. and render it and mm-hmm. allow the machine to build it, right? Sure, and I'm sure and the, the machines aren't cheap either. They're not, the, although they're getting much cheaper. Yeah. They're to a As point where, where, where just about any business could afford one. They're cheaper than the computer that I use every day mm-hmm. anymore. And so it's something that um, could be, but yeah, I mean, we could create individual objects for each individual person we're sending it to, right. theoretically. We would have to have the knowledge, uh, you know, of how to render that in 3D yeah. first. Right. But, um, but that's not outside the possibility of, of yeah. some of the things we want to experiment with. So you could get very, very custom. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about some of the projects you've worked on that you're really proud of. So um, one of our bigger initiatives, I think, is um, a client that we uh, got about three or four years ago. It's the National Charter Schools Conference. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty big conference. They hold it in a different location every year, and it's it's an, it's an advocate for uh, charter schools nationwide. And we have helped them through their marketing not only just grow in terms of what they look like um, from the colors and the brands and the things that we're doing every year, but we've helped them to grow their business. Mm-hmm. You know, their conference is thriving, and um, it is growing every single year, and we're a huge part of that. And every year we're taking on more responsibility for them. and we're So we're not only building their business, but we're also building our own business right. through that. Right. right. Um, it, it goes back to that model of of trying to increase your business through your existing connections and clients rather mm-hmm. than trying to chase after, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, some <laughs> fairy tale company that you right. always wanted to work for, yeah. but you have no connections in. Yeah. Um, and so that's one that we're particularly proud of, I mm-hmm. think, just from a just from a standpoint of how we've helped them. They've been an incredible client to work with. Um, so that's one. Um, the, the work that we did for A.L. Huber Construction about, uh, it was a few years ago now, mm-hmm. but what we helped them with was changing the way the community sees them as a construction company. What they were presenting in their marketing and their brand on the outside did not match at all who they were on the inside. Um, They were and are a dynamic, uh, young, incredible company with Mm -hmm. all kinds of technology experience, with um, uh, people who are just excited about growing the concept of what it means to be a construction company, and yet their brand was very stodgy. It was stuck in kind Mm -hmm. of 70s or or 60s maybe, and they've been around for a very long time. And so what we helped them do is really just help them change how the community sees them and helps them um, really be a more modern company. They were already that modern company. They but just didn't they look weren't like be, it. Yeah, they weren't being perceived yeah. that way. Exactly. Yeah. They were stuck a few decades in the yeah, past. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was a, a very um, <clears throat> eye-opening project for us because it really allowed us to understand more about what it means to rebrand a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's become an important part of our business is just helping companies really um, match the outside appearance right. with the internal culture. Right. And I, I I can't remember the numbers now. I just know it's a huge number. As the baby boomers age, we were well aware of the social implications of that. But what I think a lot of people overlook is how many people who are currently in business will be passing that company over to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I think there's you're going to see a lot of rebranding of right. those companies as the next generation takes right. it over. So you yeah. may have a, a, a big nice part of our yeah. business currently, you know, and, and I, I speak on that topic all the time mm-hmm. about how do you actually 
figure out that you even need to rebrand. Sometimes it's really obvious Mm -hmm. and you just need somebody to come in and tell you. Sometimes it's not obvious at all. And then you start to really dig in a little deeper and you start to understand, oh, my goodness, you know, um, the way we're being perceived in the community is not at all who we are as a company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a big issue. Oh, Especially definitely. for companies that have been around a long time. Right. Big issue. Yeah. The best thing we ever did was rebrand from Kansas City Small Business yeah. Monthly to Thinking Bigger yeah. Business. You guys did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a big shift for you guys. Yeah. But. It worked. It worked. Yeah. And you exactly. guys have people thinking bigger and you, you're kind of owning <laughs> that concept. Right. In this town and really uh, allowing that. And I love what we've been talking about with the 25 under 25 this year is kind of that you know, one of the questions is, how are you thinking bigger? You know, mm-hmm. and all that. And I just love that. It's great. Yeah. Well, it, it makes you stop and think. Uh, a lot of times as a business owner, you just uh, get on that, put gas on the pedal and you just keep going. You don't really stop and think. And yep. when something like this forces you to stop and assess uh, really what, you're, what, what, what you've done and where you're going. So okay. we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be talking some more with Clifton Alexander, the founder of Reactor Design Studio and a 25 under 25 winner for the class of 2015. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Robin with Small Changes, Big Shifts. I'd like to invite you to join me on Wednesdays at noon on my show so we can give you some tips and some ideas that will inspire you to reconnect to the good that you already are. You know, it takes all aspects of life to really live a whole life. It's not just about one thing. I'll be sharing my network of friends around the country with you that specialize in health and wellness from all different aspects, whether it's mental health, physical health, or emotional health. So join us Wednesdays at noon on Small Changes, Big Shifts. You never know what little thing will help shift your life. Get ready for an evening exploding with energy as we celebrate Kansas City's entrepreneurial community at the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards Dinner and Gala, Saturday, February 28th at the Downtown Marriott. Join host Thinking Bigger Business Media and sponsor UMB for cocktails, dinner, and entertainment as we recognize the achievements of 25 outstanding Kansas City area small businesses with under 25 employees. Reserve your tickets now at 25under25.com. That's 25under25. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with Clifton Alexander. He's the founder of Reactor Design Studio. He's one of the 25 Under 25 Award winners in the class of 2015. We're going to celebrate that class with about 800 people down at the Muehlbach on February the 28th. We hope that you'll go out to ithinkbigger.com and get your tickets for that. Come help celebrate. Clifton how did you get into the design business? Um, so it all kind of, it's hard to describe, but it's a simple story, right? Um, I went to an art school in high school, uh, did photography and ceramics. That was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I wanted to, I didn't want to be a career 
artist, but I still wanted to be creative every day in what I did. Mm -hmm. So I started really investigating design. And when I decided to go to college, I knew that I wanted to either be an architect or a graphic designer, industrial designer, or something like that. And um, that's when I found Kansas City Art Institute. Mm -hmm. I came out here to Kansas City and um, went to that school and really went through their design program. That's where that part kind of started. And then... um, I worked at a couple of uh, ad agencies and some other jobs before I started my company. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the background of how I became a designer. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any kind of entrepreneurial influence in your family? Because it's one thing to go to school to study to become right. a graphic designer. And as you said, you worked for a couple of agencies, but then you had that, that little uh, wild hair to go yeah. out on your own and not just right. stick with an uh, existing agency. You know, not necessarily. I, I could say that... Um, growing up, it was me and my brother and my sister with a single mom. Mm-hmm. Most of our lives, she had always figured out a way to put food on the table, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily always having a job job. Um, so she, in, in a way, was a very entrepreneurial. Right. Um, always finding ways to get work, to um, be employed. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit of it. Um, my brother is, a, is an entrepreneur himself. So me and my brother both, I guess, have that um, um, that bug. He he owns three different companies, and so um, it's in the bloodline. I think even if it even if we don't have a specific family member who owns and runs. Mm-hmm. A business, right? Until now, until now. Well, you yeah, your yeah. brother, you my brother. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> but no, right. I think there's a lot of validity to that. Mm-hmm. I get more business owners on here, and when I ask them uh, if they had entrepreneurial influence, they'll say, you know, my parents didn't own a business, but, and mm-hmm. they'll say something very similar to what you did because it, it is your. You may not be making a payroll, but mm-hmm. you're certainly having, as you say, you're right. this, the, your kids mm-hmm. depend on you, your family right. depends on you, right. and so to be. Uh, ingenious and innovative to find ways to mm-hmm. do that. It, they're all characteristics that entrepreneurs need to have, too. Well, and I think there's also that that factor of just wanting to be your own boss and yes. not and not being beholden to a job of some sort, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that definitely was instilled in us in terms of just being uh, more free with what we do. My mom was never, you know, like, you can't do that as a career or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was always very encouraging to us. Even if we wanted to be career artists, she didn't, I mean, that was encouraged, right. you know, um, me and my brother just chose creative fields that we could own businesses in as well. Yeah. So you're a mountain boy, <laughs> according to your bio, mountain boy from Southern California who came to the Midwest to study at the, you know, very renowned Kansas oh, yeah. City Art Institute. Why did you stay? I can see, or some people might say, okay, I can see why you came to go to an acclaimed school like that. Mm-hmm. But why stay in Kansas City after getting such a great education? Uh, I will say it's definitely not because of the weather. <laughs> Especially today. <laughs> Especially <this> today. <laughs> um, the more, you know, the very first year I was here, my goal was as soon as I graduate, I'm going back to California. Mm-hmm. What I noticed, though, was as I progressed through my four years of college here, mm-hmm was I got to know more and more people locally. And I got to really, uh, I had kind of a community of people that I knew locally. And then I realized that when I go back home, I don't know what businesses there are to get jobs at. You know, um, we lived in a tiny little town in the mountains. There aren't any graphic design jobs up there, right? And so who would I know that I could go get a job from? And so I decided to stay here for a short time at least because I knew where the jobs were, the agencies. And, Good little experience. Yeah. And the more that I stayed here, the more that I just absolutely love this town. This is an incredible creative place to be 
uh, in the business of design and creativity and all the other things that we do. And not only that, but it's also an incredible place to raise a family. And so Mm -hmm. um, as I got married, as uh, just the more I'm here, the more I want to be here, if that makes sense. And um, despite the weather, I'm totally committed to this town. I absolutely love it. And I think a huge part of it is the creative community that's here. We are not lacking anything. Yeah, let's talk about that creative community. I hope that's where you were going Mm -hmm. with this. Uh, Because the coast gets a lot of credit for all of the big agencies. But the Midwest, especially Kansas City, as you said, is really making a name for itself in this area. Why do you think that's happening? I think there's there's several factors, um, some of them being the local colleges, Kansas City Art Institute being one of them, KU, Johnson County Community mm-hmm. College, UMKC, all of the colleges locally have tremendous programs in art, design, creativity, music, performing arts, whatever it is, right? So well, even it starts the culinary at that level. center. Culinary, at, right? At, yeah. Yeah. So it PCC. starts at that level where the universities and the colleges locally have incredible programs in all different forms of art. And then you have a community of people who support that. Mm-hmm. And then you have companies like Hallmark yes. who have, you know, probably more creative people under one building than any other company in the world. Mm-hmm. And people come from all over the place to work at a place like that. And so you, you have all these different components that really bring together a sense of community where everybody in this town is um, understanding of art and culture and design and creativity. And just the fact that we have more um, sports architects than just about anywhere or, en- uh-huh. or engineers or um, designers per capita or whatever the, the numbers are um, is incredible to me in a town that is starting to gain a lot more prominence in that area. And you start to see those top 10 lists all over the place now. Sure. Well, you see that. And as you said, it's the variety of art. Mm-hmm. It's not just one particular. I, I mentioned um, the you know, the food, uh, mm-hmm. the culinary artists coming out of Johnson County Community College's program. And a long time ago, you just had this little enclave of artists in the crossroads, mm-hmm. and that has just burgeoned. But yeah. you, you have the Performing Arts Center now, the yeah. Coffin Performing Arts Center. You get world-acclaimed artists, performing mm-hmm. artists coming there. And, and as you say, it, it's really gaining attention. I really remember a few years back when the New York Times decided to actually plant a reporter, uh, a full-time reporter mm-hmm. in Kansas City to cover the art scene. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay. And then yeah, as you say now, the, yeah. the lists that we're making, and, yeah. and there's work to do, but boy, we've come a long way in a short time. We're the... Uh the the central coast, if you there will. There you go. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> the, mid, the middle coast. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious. When I introduced you this morning on the show, I mentioned some of the topics that you talk on, and one of those is workplace culture. Mm-hmm. And that might seem odd to some listeners that someone who owns a design studio would give talk. I mean, it makes sense, branding and so mm-hmm. forth, but, but workplace mm-hmm. culture. What, why do you talk on workplace culture? I think it somewhat stems from not just the environment that we're in. We we work in an open studio, and there's some challenges to that, but there's also some major advantages to it. Um, but also just the new office that we built out about a year and a half ago, and that was a huge part of it. We had an opportunity to rebuild our office from scratch in, in just the way that it's laid out and how we work together as a company. And that has really set us on this path of saying, who are we as a company and what does the culture mean and how do we create a space that's perfectly fit for our culture? Too many companies I've found will have some 
unique uh, widget or supposed benefit to their employees that no employee would ever dare actually take advantage of. And they do it for PR reasons or whatever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very much against that concept. I think if you have a culture where you want to have some crazy fun thing that you say you are in the media, but then your employees wouldn't aren't just aren't like that right um then it's being disingenuous and so the space that we created is perfectly suited to who we are as a company and that's kind of what i talk about is how do you figure out who you are as a company and um and how do you create your space to reflect that and the culture Mm -hmm. that you build um the people that you put in place yeah uh and and all very important and really it does go back to creativity too Mm -hmm. so there is a tie in there Clifton, if someone would like to talk with you further, like to see the projects that you do, maybe even hire your mm-hmm. company, how would they find out more about you? So you can just you could Google my name, Clifton Alexander, and I'm not the guy from KU who's a superstar. <laughs> He's the new <laughs> basketball guy over there. Um, but look for my name, or you can go to our website, which is yourreactor.com. Uh, we have all of our information on there. I can be found on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, or Facebook at uh, our company's Reactor Design Studio. You can search pretty much anywhere and find and us. And you can probably, uh, through your website, hook up with you on those social media platforms, yes. right? Yes, okay, yeah, you so. can definitely do that. Well, congratulations again on the 25 Enter 25. And again, we hope all of you who are listening come out to meet Clifton, his team, and all the other honorees on February the 28th. Go out to 25under25.com to register for your tickets. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.